Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the... Lesson 136, coming to you day six, I think, with the broken arm. So I'm like back to my, I'm like back to myself. I'm just fully myself, but with a broken arm, modified arm. It's just getting better and better. I can feel it. I can feel the healing process having been activated. Good stuff. Thanks for all of your thoughts, all of your prayers. One of the things I don't like are those memes from people that, you know, like the atheist, like your atheist friends on like social media who they think thoughts and prayers are BS. There was this meme that was going around for a while after like a shooting or something. And it said, the truckload of your thoughts and prayers arrived. And it's a, a truck like on a loading dock and the, the back of the truck is open and there's nothing in it. And all the atheist nihilistic people are like, oh, that's so hilarious. I, that's so funny. And it's so hilarious. What's also hilarious rather is that you can sort of see the way those people, you can see the way those people's thoughts actually play out. So you can see, it's really interesting when you, wrap your head around the kind of law of attraction thing, you really can see people's realities as mirrors of their thoughts, myself included, certainly. And again, what we're doing with this stuff, we are not seeking magical thinking. We are seeking miraculous thinking. There is a difference. Miraculous thinking is, again, not to be redundant, but we're aligning our thinking with God's, and then we're letting God perform miracles as the result. This stuff is real. The example that I've been using from my own life is as real of an example or as, a, as, as perfect of an example as could ever be used to illustrate the power of switching our thought systems around or choosing a different thought system from the thought system of the ego. That being said, I'm going to move right into this lesson. It's another long one. I might read it a little quicker. Maybe not though, but we've got a handful of these long lessons. I believe the lesson from yesterday if I defend myself, I am attacked, is the longest lesson in the book. I could be wrong, but I think that it is. And that's a very powerful one as well, particularly that prayer at the end. Uh, this is my Easter time. So this is my Easter time, and I would keep it holy. I will not defend myself because the Son of God needs no defense against the truth of his reality. And you were to say that prayer whenever foolish little things appear to raise defensiveness. And I had an opportunity to do that. I was, I'm trying to, I've been getting this meeting, this 12-step meeting set up. I started a new 12-step meeting at this community center here in Encinitas. And the, the, the person at the community center who's like in charge of coordinating it, of getting it all, the contract set up and getting the money and all of that is just being, she's just been kind of rude, not like entirely rude, not like an overt B-I-T-C-H, but just kind of rude. You know, you know, those people that are just kind of rude. And, and so I was getting ready to kind of let her have it yesterday. I was in this, actually yesterday being today, I was in this kind of, you know, broken arm mood, <laughs> broken arm and I can't surf mood. And I got this email from her and she's just a little rude. And I was going to let her know how rude I thought she is. And instead I tuned into the power or the energy rather of lesson, the power and the energy of lesson 135. And I just said, this is my Easter time and I would keep it holy. I just kind of left it there. So there's no need for me to tell her what a B-I-T-C-H she is, if she even is one. She's probably not. She works in a community center. That means she's probably a good person, right? Can you hear the judgments? The stereotyping. 
But, um, you know, that's, I'll let someone else worry about her, right? She's not putting my life in danger. She's getting the situation handled. It's all good. So blessings to her. This is my Easter time. So we're going to move into lesson 136 right now, and here we go. Sickness is a defense against the truth, lesson 136. No one can heal unless he understands what purpose sickness seems to serve. For then he understands as well its purpose has no meaning. Being causeless and without a meaningful intent of any kind, it cannot be at all. When this is seen, healing is automatic. It dispels this meaningless illusion by the same approach that carries all of them to truth and merely leaves them there to disappear. So what we're doing is just bringing the illusions to truth. When we bring our illusions to truth, we heal. Sickness is not an accident. Read that again. Sickness is not an accident. Like all defenses, it is an insane device for self-deception. And like all the rest, its purpose is to hide reality, attack it, change it, render it, render it inept, distort it, twist it, or reduce it to a little pile of unassembled parts. Read that again. It's beautiful. So much for reading through this quickly. Sickness is not an accident. Like all defenses, it is an insane device for self-deception. And like all the rest, its purpose is to hide reality, attack it, change it, render it inept, distort it, twist it, or reduce it to a little pile of unassembled parts. The aim of all defenses is to keep the truth from being whole. The parts are seen as if each one were whole within itself. Defenses are not unintentional, nor are they made without awareness. They are secret magic wands you wave when truth appears to threaten what you would believe. They seem to be unconscious, but because of the rapidity with which you choose, they seem to be unconscious, but because of the rapidity with which you choose to use them. In that second, even less, in which the choice is made, you recognize exactly what you would attempt to do and then proceed to think that it is done. Who but yourself evaluates a threat, decides escape is necessary, and sets up a series of defenses to reduce the threat that this has been judged as real, that that has been judged as real. All this cannot be done unconsciously, but afterwards your plan requires that you must forget you made it so it seems to be external to your own intent, intent, a happening beyond your state of mind, an outcome with a real effect on you instead of one effected by yourself. In this quick forgetting of the part you play in making your, quote, reality that makes defenses seem to go beyond your own control. I'm going to read that one more time. It is this quick forgetting of the part you play in making your, quote, reality that makes defenses seem to be beyond your own control. But what have you forgot can be remembered, given willingness to reconsider the decision, which is doubly shielded by oblivion. Your not remembering is but the sign that this decision still remains in force as far as your desires are concerned. Mistake this for fact. Defenses must make facts unrecognizable. They aim at doing this, and it is this they do. So defenses, um, the fact is that, according to Course in Miracles, that you are always safe. There's a course lesson coming up here in not too long. We might have had it already, but I don't think so. 
I am in danger nowhere in the world. And so defenses will make that fact unrecognizable. So take a moment and sort of sink into that one. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I am in danger nowhere in the world, or you are in danger nowhere in the world. Good stuff. Every defense takes fragments of the whole, assembles them without regard to all their true relationships, and thus constructs illusions of a whole that is not there. It is this process that imposes threat and not whatever outcome may result. When parts are wrestled from the whole and seen as separate and holes within themselves, they become symbols standing for attack upon the whole, successful in effect and never to be seen as whole again. And yet you have forgotten that they stand, but for your own decision of what should be real to take the place of what is real. Sickness is a decision. It is not a thing that happens to you, quite unsought, which makes you weak and brings you suffering. It is a choice you make, a plan you lay, when for an instant truth arises in your own deluded mind and all your world appears to totter and prepare to fall. Now are you sick? That truth may go away and threaten your establishments no more. So, you know, sort of a glaring example of sickness being a, a decision would be like alcoholism. Uh, alcoholism is a very serious disease. I believe that it is, in fact, a disease, especially if you look at it through the lens of like dis-ease, like spiritual dis-ease. There, that happens as the result of decisions. Now, I'm not going to get into... You know, disease, good, good things that happen to uh, bad things that happen to good people and cancer, and you could be very well raising your defenses right here, etc. But just consider that it is our thoughts that lead to bodily sickness. So, an alcoholic, for instance, becomes very sick in a lot of ways as a result of his or her own decisions, and then gets all sorts of attention as the result, be it good or bad. That is the payoff of the sickness. That's the payoff to the ego of the quote-unquote illness. How do you think that sickness can succeed in shielding you from truth? Because it proves the body is not separate from you, and so you must be separate from the truth. You suffer pain because the body does, and in this pain are you made one with it. Thus is your true, quote, identity preserved. And the strange haunting thought that you might be something beyond this little pile of dust, silence and, silenced and stilled. For see, this dust can make you suffer, twist your limbs and stop your heart, commanding you to die and cease to be. This is the body stronger than the truth, with at, which asks you to live but cannot overcome your choice to die. And so the body is more powerful than everlasting life, heaven more frail than hell, and God's design for the salvation of his son opposed by a decision stronger than his will. His son is dust, the father incomplete, and chaos sits in triumph on his throne. Such is your planning for your own defense, and you believe that heaven quails before such mad attacks as these, with God made blind by your illusions, truth turned into lies, and all the universe made slave to laws which your defenses would impose on it. Yet who believes illusions but the one who made them up? Who else can see them and react to them as if they were the truth? God knows not of your plans to change his will. The universe, the universe remains unheeding of the laws by which you sought to govern it, by which you thought to govern it. 
and heaven has not bowed to hell, nor life to death. You can but choose to think you die or suffer sickness or distort the truth in any way. What is created is apart from all this. Defenses are plans to defeat what cannot be attacked. What is unalterable cannot change, and what is wholly sinless cannot sin. Such is the simple truth. It does not make appeal to might nor triumph. It does not command obedience nor seek to prove how pitiful and futile your attempts to plan defenses that would alter it. Truth merely wants to give you happiness, for such its purpose is. Perhaps it sighs a little when you throw away its gifts, and yet it knows with perfect certainty that what God wills for you must be received. It is this fact that demonstrates that time is an illusion. For time lets you think that God has given you that what that for time lets you think what God what God has given you is not the truth right now as it must be. The thoughts of God are quite apart from time. For time is but another meaningless defense you made against the truth. Yet what he wills is here and you remain as he created you. Truth has a power far beyond defense. For no illusions can remain where truth has been allowed to enter. And it comes to any mind who would lay down its arms and cease to play with folly. It is found at any time, today, if you choose to practice giving welcome to the truth. I'll read that again. It is found at any time, today, if you will practice or if you will choose to practice giving welcome to the truth. So in other words, it can be right now. You can choose it right now in this potentially holy instant. Consider that every instant is a potentially holy instant or a holy instant waiting to reveal itself. The holy instant is covered in detail in chapter 15 of the text. Today is our aim today, and we will give a quarter of an hour twice to ask the truth to come to us and set us free. And truth will come, for it has never been apart from us. It merely waits for just this invitation which we give today. We introduce it with a healing prayer to help us rise above defensiveness and let truth be as it has always been. Sickness is a defense against the truth. I will accept the truth of what I am and let my mind be wholly healed today. So we're going to say that prayer and then we're going to sit for 15 minutes and wait for the messages the Holy Spirit has to deliver us. Healing will flash across your open mind as peace and truth arise to take the place of war and vain imaginings. There will be no dark corner sickness can conceal and keep defended from the light of truth. There will be no dim figures from your dreams, nor their obscure and meaningless pursuits with double purposes insanely sought remaining in your mind. It will be healed of all the sickly wishes that it tried to authorize the body to obey. Now is the body healed because the source of sickness has been opened to relief and you will recognize and you will recognize you practice well by this. The body should not feel at all. Read that again and you will recognize you practiced well by this. The body should not feel at all. If you have been successful, there will be no sense of feeling ill or feeling well of pain or pleasure. No response at all is, the mind, is in the mind to what the body does. Its usefulness remains and nothing more. So not a joke. You could very well, in fact, today, 
in performing this lesson, move entirely beyond the body. There's an amazing book uh, called Journeys Out of the Body by this guy, Bob Monroe, that was written, I believe the first one was written in the, or I believe the first draft was in the late 50s, excuse me, late 50s, if not the early 60s. But this guy basically just randomly, he's just this like random guy, started leaving his body randomly, first by accident and then on purpose, and he just cruises around to all these different universes and records it. Super fascinating. And then he started what's referred to, or then he started the Monroe Institute, which was a you know, sort of like beginning of the new agey sort of place, like new age before it was new age, before there was a new age where people would essentially go there, go to, where people would essentially go to leave their bodies at will. And there's a process you can follow to do this. Perhaps you do not realize this, that this removes the limits you had placed upon the body by the purposes you gave to it. As these are laid aside, the strength the body has will always be enough to serve all truly useful purposes. The body's health is fully guaranteed because it is not limited by time, by weather or fatigue, by food and drink, or any laws you made it serve before. Wrap your head around that one. The body's health is fully guaranteed because it is not because it is not limited by time, by weather or fatigue. So, you know, there's stories of Buddhist monks existing without food for weeks or months. And so consider that what we are doing here is of that caliber. No joke. Perhaps you do not realize that this removes the limits you have placed on the body by the purpose you gave to it. As these are laid aside, the strength the body has will always be enough to serve all truly useful purposes. The body's health is fully guaranteed because it is not limited by time, by weather or fatigue, by food and drink, or any laws you made to serve, made it serve before. You, do, you need do nothing now to make it well, for sickness has become impossible. I read that part twice, but so be it. Yet this protection needs to be preserved by careful watching. If you let your mind harbor attack thoughts, yield to judgment, or make plans against uncertainties to come, you have again misplaced yourself and made a bodily identity which will attack the body, for the mind is sick. Give instant remedy should this occur by not allowing your defensiveness to hurt you longer. Do not be confused about what must be healed, but tell yourself, I have forgotten what I really am, for I mistook my body for myself. Sickness is a defense against the truth, but I am not a body, and my mind cannot attack, so I cannot be sick. So I've been talking about this a lot lately, or I've been mentioning this a lot lately. You can go really deep with these lessons. You could study them and study them and study them and pick them apart and come to understand every word and sentence and clause and semicolon and all of it. If you wanted, you could start a study group and you could study this stuff for, you know, the next, for all of the rest of eternity, probably. Or... You could just do this stuff to the best of your ability and say the prayers to your best of your ability and work on spiritual progress versus spiritual perfection. Thank you all again for listening. Talk to you next time on the Course in Miracles podcast. Bye-bye.